right, and good afternoon, everybody. Maria Daniels here for another episode of Successfully Chaotic, and I have my beautiful guest, Angie Alex, here today. We were chatting just a little bit before we went live, and we both decided we love chaos. Like, we're not so sure that we love that we love chaos, <laughs> but we just love chaos. So I, I'm actually really excited about the conversation today because um like-mindedness makes for a great conversation we are also talking a little bit angie is an author i did read your bio you're a lot of things right you i really am model <laughs> and i was like you know what well, i'm just gonna ask her what should we, what do you want to talk about because you you're you're i'd say you're if we use right your resume i'd say it's a lot like mine where it's like ooh, girl what like you couldn't decide what you wanted to do or yeah you know yeah, yeah. i just kind of follow my my joy and follow my passion and Sometimes in life you think, um, oh, I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to love this forever. And like two years, you're like, well, that was fun. On to the next. So yeah. that's kind of, uh, yeah, my, I've done a lot. I've done a lot of different things and, um, and I've loved all of them. But yeah, I do um, mostly, uh, you know, the uh, life coaching and uh, writing books and uh, modeling. That's, that's pretty much like if you had to break it down into like the trifecta. That would that would be me. That would be your thing. <laughs> I um, I'm writing books, so that I was in there thinking, like, okay, I don't do modeling. I am so awkward in front of the camera. I'm the <laughs> most awkward. Ever. No, I am. Trust me. Ask if, if Gabriel is watching this. Um, like Stacy, if you're watching this, like you can tag Gabriel, who is my photographer. He can tell you. <laughs> I have to be like slightly toasted. I have to be like I have to be. I have to, I have, to have like a DD drive me to wherever it is and be slightly toasted if not i'm like an embarrassed child oh i don't my want God. people to, like i'm completely fine if i could be goofy like yes. something about me being goofy i'm that's my comfort zone serious like he'll be like look seductive I'm like i can't look seductive not when you tell me to look seductive i'm gonna be like this Ooh, like, oh, yeah. like that. i mean it's just this how it is it's it's not my jam so yeah i'm with you on everything except the modeling um nobody wants me to model but I've done that since I was 15. So it's like, um, it's just a second nature for me. I, I grew up performing. Um, it was in plays when I was five, all the way up. I was in a traveling improv comedy troupe when I was between 12 and about 18. And I always thought I would just wanted to be an actress. I never even considered modeling at all. I was like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a thespian, I'm an actor. And uh, I actually got like old school scouted by a, an agent that found me working at this little deli when I was 15. And she was like, you know, have you ever considered modeling? And and I was like, I'm an actor. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and somehow my friends convinced me to go to the open call. And uh, the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. It's been, it's, it's actually oftentimes even funner for me because it's still it's still a performance you're still putting on a performance and and i enjoy that i like dressing up and being somebody else for a minute you know i like that you said that that may help me next time because i do um i'm not like an actor but i do like um i hate to say like dressing up and stuff like that because then people um take the wrong things oh yeah, yeah yeah but i do i like i like a level of acting i've done like little short skits and i, yeah. I was in, i was involved in show choirs um as a teenager i absolutely loved it i've done like um skits for kids as an adult because i get to be yeah. goofy right i right. like being somebody else and i get to kind of just i don't have to worry about what people think right exactly I love that. so That's i love that you, what you should that. do in the photo yeah <laughs> like just 
just pretend that it's a role you're playing. <laughs> yeah, you're playing a version of you. Yeah. Like and that. this That's version good. of you is, you know, super sexy or yeah. super uh, serious or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's those just, are those are the two realms that I can't be. I'm like, mm, you're going to get that. So yeah. Gabriel will be happy. So he will be so happy. I'm like, okay, I've got a new goal here. A new you perspective. Give me a role. Yeah. Give me a role and I'll be that role. I can do that. Do it. I love yes. It. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> so let's go and pivot to um, Angie, the, the writer. Yes. So what inspired you to start writing a book? Because that has been, for me, um, I did some kids' books that yes. should have been out last year. Long story, we had the artist flaked, long story on that, why it's not out. Those came easy to me because they were, they were well, they were kids' books. And they were yeah. about my son who's autistic. And they just came easy to me. I didn't really consider them like something that, you know, an author would do. I don't I, I know technically that makes me an author, but I didn't look of at course. it the same. But pivoting over to finishing my book kind of like um it's kind of like a, a self-help but kind of about my own journey in life too um that has been so difficult i have revised that thing yeah i don't even know how many times you're so, so close to it that's why that's it's why. so hard so can you share with us first of all what what your book is about what type of book sure. is it and what the inspiration for it was sure um well Writing for me has always been something that kind of was like an outlet for me. I, I, I did it since I was when I didn't even know I was doing it. You know, as a teenager, I journaled and I wrote and I wrote poetry. And it was always like a way of channeling my feelings and my emotions through me and out of me. That way I could put them to bed, especially when I was younger. A lot of my feelings weren't good. I, I had a lot of hard times when I was younger. So being able to uh, have an outlet for that was crucial for me and and symbolic in the fact that um, I, I use it as a symbolization of once it's out of me, it's out of me. I don't have to feel it anymore if I don't want to. So I've always been um, writing to some degree. Um, I had a magazine for a long time that supported the arts and you know we wrote about theater and dance and things like that and that was that was fun for me but it wasn't about me. It wasn't like channeling um, in order to help other people. So um, I had a, a really sad moment in my life where I lost um, a child. And um, that's really kind of where it kicked in like this. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to write about this and I'm going to I'm just going to write all my feelings out because it hurts so bad. And I'll see what happens. And it ended up being published. I, I didn't even, I wasn't planning on it. Uh, and that was years ago. That was about 10 years ago. And um, ever, from then on, I always thought, you know, well, I'll write another book. I'll write another book. But I just, you know, I'm a mom. You're a mom. You know, you get caught up into day-to-day -day life. And it's just, it just wasn't time. It wasn't time for me. So finally, um, I started having this giant personal growth where um it might appear on the outside like everything was falling apart in my life but in reality um i was just finding myself i was you know turning 40 i was coming into this like who am i what have i done for the last 20 years i've been a mom like what am i who am i where do I fit in anymore? And and so I, I had this big, deep, deep, deep process. And that's what really kind of spawned my book. And because my book's called Unravel. So it's um, 
it's about falling apart. It's about coming undone. The, the, the premise is, is that we all come to this world as little balls of yarn, like just nice, clean yarn. And as soon as we make it here, our loving parents take those knitting needles and start knitting us together in their image, the image they want for us, um, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, all these beautiful things get woven into us. And as we keep growing, we add more string, we add more string, other people's opinions, other people's thoughts, others' ideas, who you are, who you are, who you are. And by the time you're 20, you're really made up of not even yourself, everything that everybody thinks you should be and you are. And um, so really it's about having the courage to pull those strings, fall apart completely, come totally undone, and then discover who you are, uh, what makes you unique, all the beauty that's inside of you, you're a masterpiece. And and it's about embracing that. It's about shedding the, the notion that other people knew what was best for you. Nobody does. You only know what's best for you. So that's what the book was about. And the process for me, to be honest with you, is a lot, it sounds like a lot like yours. I, I struggled with it for a little bit because I knew it was so important to me. You know, it was like um, so close to me that it was like, okay, I need it to be perfect. I need it to be perfect. And um, I would just end up having to make myself sit in the quiet, in quiet, which is rare. Um, and and as soon as I started writing, though, it was as if though, like I was just, I was just receiving and transmitting thoughts that were not my own. You know, so I I can open this book up and read, and I'll be like, wow, I said She's that. Wow. <laughs> you know, because it's like yeah. so profound, but yeah. Um, it's 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 beautiful because it was like I allowed for that process of of you know um, surrendering I guess to the universe and saying okay 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 look I'll take the time I understand I've got these thoughts I have I live this life that others might want to know about I live this life that other that might inspire other people I have these thoughts and ideas and in your case absolutely like your life will inspire other people so um, it's like. It's like almost like a beautiful, um, like when two fighters go to fight and they bow to each other, it's almost yeah. like what you're doing for the universe. You're like, okay, let's go to work here. Let's, I'm going to shut everything off. I'm going to let you speak through me. I'm going to, I'm going to be quiet. And in return, the universe bows and says, well, here you go. You know, here's, here's yeah. all the goodies you're looking for. And uh, that was the process for me. It was, it, it, it was intentional. I, I know writers that can sit down and, you know, blast out all kinds of wonderful things, even songwriters, you know, like write a song in an hour kind of thing. And I need a little more. Uh, I, I just I get distracted pretty easy, like like we're talking about thriving in chaos. I for me to be quiet and still is uh, really, really difficult. So that's probably why uh, it has to be done like that, because it's a it's like a an exercise I'm, I'm working out, you know? Absolutely. And I love that you kind of threw it out like that. First of all, I love your analogy of just the yarn, because I think, you know, looking back at my parents did the best they could. And I think Absolutely. most parents, most parents, I'm not gonna say all, cause there's some crappy ones out there, but most parents genuinely love their children. And even Absolutely. though they're accidentally, you know, putting all this weight on knitting them in their image, yeah. it's because they want so much of more. Of course, them. so much. Because I, I know that with my own children, 
Um, I have, have, you know, older kids that are grown now and I have my youngest is four. And so I've been able to kind of, I've been the young mom and now I'm the older mom and I've been able to kind of learn and grow through that entire journey. And I know what I do now is different than what I did then. Oh, for Um, sure. In a million ways and pretty much all the ways. And it's because, you know, I'm more, I get more grace in myself to not be the perfect everything like I did when I was younger. I tried to be everything to everybody, you know, PTA mom shuffled all the snacks and I was trying to be like everything. It was just exhausting. I am fine being the mom that's like, no, you know, we're bringing nothing. (laughs) We are bringing nothing because I don't have time right now. You know, I think some of that, like you said, comes with, with age. You mentioned 40. And I think a lot of women specifically, um, 40 seems to be that magic number. A few, few of them, a few years before, a few years after, whatever. But around that 40, you know, year range, it almost becomes this big aha it where is. they figure out why did I care uh-huh. what everybody thought? Yeah. Why did I think that I needed to do, you know, ABC? Right. And it wasn't bringing me joy. It wasn't adding fulfillment to my life. It wasn't doing all these things. And I think at that moment, we're done with showing up and kind of being taken from and we're ready to start receiving and you know i love that you kind of like wrote all that into a book it's it's i'm gonna have to get your book and read it oh i really hope so um i you know it was just like it just weighed heavily on my heart because i i in my life personally um like when i talk about the unraveling that has happened to me um it's a process and it's it's not easy it's not like i'm telling you to go out and you know, go buy an ice cream cone and eat your ice cream. And, you know, it's, it's fun. No, 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 no. It's like, it's hard. Oh, it's hard yeah. work because um, we, like you said, most of us are, are fortunate to have parents that loved us. My parents loved us, but, um, but what, what they did was put their ideas and their belief system and their hopes and their fears and everything into us. So um, you have to, you have to pull that apart because even the most, well-meaning parent um, doesn't know what's best for you. Like I tell my kids that now my kids are teenagers um, and I tell them all the time, the best advice I can give you is to learn to listen to yourself, learn to stay in alignment with yourself because I don't know what's best for you. I don't, I, I can tell you what I want. I can tell you what I don't want to happen to you. And I can, I can tell you all these things, but at the end of the day, only, you know, what's best for you. So hopefully through, you know, my, my unraveling and my coming undone, uh, I became a better mom too. And, in, in, in you know, giving them the freedom to become who they are and, and, and show up for whatever they they're here for, whatever reason they're here for. So I think, um, you know, that was the hard part for just coming to like terms with the book was like, um, I had to admit to myself a lot of the things, you know, and that I was kind of covering up and thinking about my life, like, oh, this is one of the little pictures of of the parents knitting the, the little, little guy together. I love it. <laughs> um, so this book actually has a ton of illustrations in it to kind of hit home the fact that, you know, you're just a little ball of yarn and you can take the the knitting needles and knit yourself. And um, my daughter actually did all these illustrations. So she's a super talented artist. Oh, yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's crucial to, to unravel, I think. Uh, I think that we grow up in this society where we're told, especially as women, this, and this is why the forties are such a big deal. We're told um, all the things that we can be, what we can't be, what we should be, what we shouldn't be. And, um, and so we, we have a lot of weight on our shoulders and, and we're often told to, um, you know, hold it all together, 
what's wrong with you? Can't you, why can't you hold it all together? You're weak. Um, you know, oh my God, you're falling apart at the seams. That is such a bad thing. And, and so it's, it's all these negative connotations about falling apart that we, that we hear. And in, in reality, you're going to constantly unravel. Your life is going to fall apart a lot. If you get lucky enough to make it to as old as I am, you'll fall apart probably more than once. And it's, it's actually a great blessing because um, in deep tragedy uh, is always a chance to see things from a different perspective and therefore um, alter how you choose to live your life. It's, a, it's always a process. Like there is no finish line. There is no, you know, it, it's never ending. So, so there's no race to the end. There's no competition with other people. This is just a journey for yourself to discover all these wonderful things. And uh, unfortunately, some of the most amazing things we discover come from times that are really, really difficult. And I think um, that's why unraveling is just so important. It's, it's okay. Like sometimes we just need permission, you know? It's okay oh, yeah. to fall apart. It's okay if you're a giant mess. It's fine because what you're going to be able to do is shed all of that weight, all that weight that was care just weighing you down and that burden of being somebody that you're not just to make somebody else happy. And, you know, you'll find your true, true happiness when you can let all of that go. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've talked on the show numerous times, and I'm sure people, you know, can remember of me saying all this, that I, I had my moment where I completely fell to pieces. I had little moments before that, but the moment that I just, I, I honestly let go of everything. Yeah. And you mentioned yarn. I never put it in that analogy, but I, you know, I given the analogy that I felt personally, like for my whole life, I was just holding these strings together. I was as, as hard as I could. I'm holding, mm -hmm. trying to hold yeah. everything together because yeah. I couldn't let it come crashing down. Yeah. Until the moment I was not strong enough to hold it anymore, and it and all it came, came crashing, crashing down. down anyway. Yeah, but then all it was so freeing, yeah. right? At that moment, that was that was a moment where I I thought it was going to be awful. If I, if I let go, it's going to be awful. If I let go, it's it's something awful is going to happen. Yeah. But in reality, it felt awful for a moment. But then I started realizing that I could breathe. Exactly, and you I were felt free. so free. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so I mean, I, I keep thinking, I keep tying that all together with your analogy of the yarn. You know, it has to come unravel because if you to. keep trying to re knit it from the same yeah. ball of wad exactly. and mess, yeah, you're just going to get another mess, right? You're going to get another mess. It's going to be uncomfortable because because like everything in the universe is constantly expanding, and that includes us. That includes our our minds, our knowledge, <laughs> what we know right now. Um, is different than what we knew a year ago and 20 years ago and 30. You and I are expanded versions of ourselves. So how can you allow room for expansion if you're still in this tight-knit ball? You've, you've got to keep pulling some of those things off in order to grow and become a better version of yourself. And I think it's funny that you mentioned that analogy because um, I similar several times in my life have I I've had similar similar situations but we like to think that we're saving ourselves from the pain by holding it together if I could just hang on a bit longer it's not gonna hurt but what we're doing is we're lying to ourselves because we are already in pain it already hurts really really bad we're yeah. just giving ourselves the illusion that it doesn't because we're strong enough to hold it together but when it does fall apart because it will and you'll realize all that effort and struggle was for nothing. But when it does fall apart, you'll you'll realize that, wow, okay, yes, that did hurt. But it wasn't 
it, it feels a bit better now. It feels a bit yeah. better right now. And it, and I have a feeling it's only going to feel better from here on out. And that's how it was for me too, especially when I lost my daughter. It was like, um, I, it was, it's actually a really beautiful moment in my life. And I, and, and part of me feels bad for even saying it because it's a tragedy, but what happened in those moments is, um, at that, that point in my life, I was living, um, in like deep despair. I had everything. I had everything I wanted. I had the house, I had the kids, I had the cars, I had the jobs. I had everything that you would think would make me happy. And I was slowly dying inside. I was suffocating. I was, um, I was holding it all together because I, that's what I was supposed to have. That's what I was supposed to want. And if I let it all go, what will I be, you know, a failure or this or whatever. And, and so I was, you know, actively holding it all together and I wasn't doing a very good job at it at all. I was a mess. Like my life was crashing down around me. And I thought that, you know, this amazing little child that I was going to have would, would be a kind of a, a, a peaceful moment in all of that chaos and kind of maybe put my life in a different realm. And, I just, I just had these notions about what it was going to be. And needless to say, I lost her on Thanksgiving day. And, um, in that moment, what happened was like, she pulled that final string, that final string that was holding everything together that I didn't want everything together. That was a part of me that I knew wasn't me and that I, I didn't have the courage enough to, to pull apart myself, that little angel came and uh, pulled it for me. She pulled that string for me and it all fell apart. It all fell apart. Messy, nasty, um, horrible, but there's always that, but, but um, I was able to be free. I was able to feel like me and everything was justifiable at that moment because I was in such pain it was okay if I just let it all go. And I was able to rebuild my life the way I wanted it. I was able to become who I wanted to be without the burden of all that extra baggage. And it's, it's actually extremely beautiful, um, yet tragic. It's still uh, a beautiful moment. And I think that a lot of people hold their lives together, um, hold on to jobs, hold on to relationships, hold on to friendships, hold on to all of these things, all of these strings that are pulling at you because we think that's what we're supposed to do. And we think if without them, it's going to hurt. And we need to be honest with ourselves and realize that it already hurts. If it, you know, if you think it's going to hurt later and you don't want to let it go, you're actually already hurting. So just like a bandaid, rip it off, pull the string, get on with it, let it fall apart. And, uh, you know, cry yourself to sleep if you got to, because tomorrow's going to be better. No, I love that. And first of all, I want to say sorry for your loss. I've lost a baby as well. So I understand that. It's that a, it's a hard time. Emptiness. It's oh, an emptiness. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like failure. I felt like a failure because I'd already had, you know, three beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, the, that was a really, never saw it coming never yeah. in a million years would i have imagined that was what was going to happen you know yeah. and i i know you know how that feels for sure yeah absolutely um my daughter actually would have been six um um 
November 1st. So. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, yeah, mine would have been 10 right now. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine what kind of life I would have. Would have but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's just, you know, even during that moment, it was before I completely, because I completely fell apart t- 2019, oh, yeah. early 2019. I was still trying to be strong. I was trying to, you know, I had other children that needed me. Of I had course. businesses. I had all the things. And, but it was slowly kind of eating at me from the yeah. inside. And I think that's what happens with trauma and pain. And, mm-hmm. you know, I actually kind of applauded myself. I gave myself pats on the back all the time that how well I handled trauma and how well I handled pain. Cause I've had a lot of it in my life. Yeah. And I know yours the way I know you have as well. Yeah. And you know, any, I never, wanted to get a therapy because to me, I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I want to push right. it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, right. not think about it. Cause that's what, 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 what strong people do. Right. Right. So, um, I did that for the longest time until there were so many things that happened just in a row that I felt like I was in a complete fog and yeah. I couldn't physically hold it together anymore. It's, it's not like I willingly let it go. Oh no. I just no, no. crashed and burned. It fell. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I think for people that are listening right now, I mean, if you're going through some super tough times, we're not saying, you know, don't feel the emotion, feel the pain. I think you really need to feel the emotion and feel the pain of it. Absolutely. But you need to let go all the things that, are not important because you know some it, it's silly i'm sure you feel the same way it's silly some of the things that i worried about oh god yeah. like i look back down i'm like i don't even know what like i can't even tell you why i thought i needed to worry about it. like i, I, I have know. no idea like i, don't. I know it's interesting you mentioned that because i think about that in my life i think um i had a very very much like a fear-based uh mindset uh growing up and again i don't think my parents were um, trying to make me fearful. Yeah. Of course, everything is done out of love. They want to protect me. But in trying to do that, um, I was afraid of a lot of things. I was uh, I was worried about a lot of stuff. I was fearful about a lot of stuff. And um, that that is really hard to overcome. And I, I think that's kind of how we, when we grow up like that and we live life like that and then we get to these moments when we get to be adults where everything seems to be falling apart we're just afraid of what's going to happen and that it's not going to feel any better and and that's okay it's okay to be afraid it's okay to be feel all of these feelings you have it like that's your navigation system is your feelings that's that's what should be guiding you through life and if you're tuning it out it's going to get louder and the messages are going to get stronger and most likely more painful. So it's like, you know, the best thing we can do is kind of tune into our own feelings and feel them, um, process them and let them go because all, all these moments are just moments in time, right? You can't, you can collectively put them together and say, wow, I've had a great life, but those moments don't exist anymore. I have right now. That's what I have. And I can choose to think back about the times that I was sad, or I can choose to think about right now, this moment in my life right now, all is well. Everything's perfect. I'm talking to a beautiful friend on the, on this wonderful, like technology that we have now. And I mean, all is well, really all is well. I think it's a matter of perspective, you know? 
Absolutely. I love that. And I do want to kind of transition now to talking yeah. about you do life coaching. I do. So I would guess, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would guess a lot of your life coaching came from a, a lot of the need when, when you were going through all of your own struggles in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it was about, um, I've always been an empath. So as long as I can remember, people always felt comfortable around me. Um, strangers would come and sit next to me on a bench and start telling me about their life and um, all of their hard times. And they just knew that, um, that I was going to take that energy and try to at least remove it from them. And um, maybe they felt a little lighter after talking to me. And it's, it, that's been uh, honestly, as long as I can remember, I was a child when those things started happening. And so I went through a lot in my life, a lot of struggles, a lot of chaos, a lot of hardships. Um, and so for me, it was really important to be able to let other people know, um, you know, I can only see things through the eyes of self. So I know what I went through. I know how I felt and I know how I overcame or that I overcame because I'm here, but um, I can't specifically know how you feel, but I can tell you um, all the things that I've made it through and all the reason and all the whys and all the hows. And, and so for me, that was kind of uh, something that I found great joy in because um, all the times in my life that were hard, I had to save myself. Um, I had nobody else. I had, um, I had to do it for me. And so for me to be able to maybe be somebody when somebody doesn't have anybody, you know, to be that person yeah. that somebody can talk to and say, look, here's what I'm going through. Um, I can't see a way out. It's just, that, like I said, it's a matter of perspective. Anybody can shift your perspective and, and, um, and change your life. So that that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't have the answers. I hardly have the answers for myself. So I definitely don't have the answers for you. But what I can do is uh, I can probably do you the biggest favor anybody could ever do you. And that's point you back to yourself. If you're looking for others for answers, if you're looking for others to save you, if you're looking for a teacher or a savior or any of this stuff outside of you, you're searching in the wrong places because everything you need is inside of you. So if I can point you back to yourself just through a little bit of a perspective change or encouragement or sharing a story very similar maybe that I went through, then um, then I feel like uh, I feel like uh, I don't I can't explain it. I feel really good and it doesn't hurt me to share my stories. Like a lot of people still have a lot of emotion connected to their stories. Um, it doesn't hurt me. I can talk about it. I can be honest with people and tell people, look, you know, I went through this. I went through this. I went through this, um, you know, and it, it kind of gives them a layer of, um, oh, maybe she does know how I feel. Maybe maybe she can relate to me because yeah. um, I have, you know, been there and done it. Yeah. And I, I like how you were talking about how it doesn't hurt anymore. I think a lot of people and not everybody hits it at the same time, but it took me a long time to be able to talk about all of my stuff. Um, yeah. Not only because I still had this idea that I had to hide a lot of things because yeah. I didn't want people asking questions. I didn't oh, want them to, for pity. Sure. Yeah. you know, I didn't want them to be people. They mean well, but they, you know, you don't want pity. Right. So oh, I yeah. would hide a lot of it. Um, you know, 
when when I had that big breakdown that I had, I stopped. Like I didn't care who knew whatever. Absolutely. And you know, it was that beginning moments of being able to come out and say, you know what, this is this has been my life. I can talk about it now. It can connect me with other people because I can share with you. You know, and I love that you turn that into um, more than just um, share, sharing, you've turned it into even to a business, which I think also is an inspiration to other people out there because there's so many people and I end up saying women all the time and I, I get men, they're like, we go through that too. <laughs> I've never been a man. I can't say it from a man's standpoint. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not dissing the man. If you're a man, you've gone through it, then that, that, that's fine. I'm not dissing you. But as a woman and who have talked to other women, you know, I feel like we are, we are typically the fixers, right? We're, we're supposed to fix at all at all times and you know part of me has always loved that because i'm very much like you um i've always been very empathic i've mm -hmm. always been naturally called to be the fixer but yeah. at some level the fixer needs fixed <laughs> yes fulfilled. yeah and that's what i had a problem with i had a problem with taking that time to really fulfill myself again right um, so, you know that we hear self-care right we hear yeah. that whole self-care thing and a lot of people you know, think that's the bubble bath or going to the gym or eating well. I never had a problem eating well or going to the gym, but I had a problem resting. I had a problem saying no, yes. especially if it was a good cause. I was a sucker mm -hmm. for a good cause. I still, I'm a recovering sucker for a good cause. I have, yeah. To, yeah. I have to put myself through like steps before I say yes to something. Right, right. Because right. I know myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that you've twisted that into something that not only helps people, but also has, it gives them inspiration that they can do Whatever they've gone through, they can turn that to good, right? Yes. You've taken all that you've gone through and turned yes. it to good. Yes. And I think I, I think that like that's what I what I tell people all the time is like, um, I I'm not sharing my stories with people and I'm not writing my stories with people or anything like that to be like um so that they can pattern their life after me. Definitely not. What I'm doing is basically just turning a little light on, on their path that they're already walking on, hoping to illuminate it enough to where they can find their way back to themselves. Um, because again, like everybody's life is different. Everybody's journey is different. Um, it, it, it all has meaning though. It all does. Mm -hmm. And everybody's story is important. When I meet people that tell me, oh, I'm writing a book or I want to write a book. I just love it because I say, you know, um, there's value in stories. There's value in, in what you went through. Um, your, even how you handled it, even how you became who you are now, be, in spite of it, all of that is valuable and it's never going to change. That's never going to change. Not, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and magically the world is like this beautiful utopia and nobody has problems. It's not going to happen. So um, we're always going to look to other people for encouragement or suggestions or, you know, help, I guess they call it. And I think um, I, I love it when I meet people that are, you know, going to write a book or give speeches about their what they've been through. Because um, if you can separate yourself enough from the pain, if you've had pain in your life, to be able to talk about it freely, um, there is power in those words. Um, don't ever underestimate how much power there is in your story because you might not ever even hear about it. You might not ever even know about it, but somebody's life can drastically change just because they heard you tell your story. So um, it's like an art. It's an, it's an art that not many people do anymore now. You, you'll do a you know, silly dance video on TikTok, but 
nobody's telling these stories. We don't have storytellers anymore and poets. And, and I mean, that's, that's like, that's life-changing those things I, maybe a dance on tiktok is too i don't know but i, I, I mean i think it's entertainment i think it's very for, for me, I mean, I like, yeah I like we all we all need a little bit of that but <laughs> absolutely when you're talking about the self-care um that's the then my next book i'm working on is um it's called selfish oh, and great. it's um the art of putting yourself first and it really stems from everything i've kind of gone through in the last couple of years of turning 40 and coming into terms uh, with myself and starting to love myself again and starting to realize that, wow, my life is just beginning. I thought it was kind of half over, but um, man, I can still have, be, or do anything I want. And I just know myself a lot better now. So it's actually a lot more fun than it was when I was in my twenties. But um, I, you know, everybody uses the word selfish as something that's bad. Like if you call somebody selfish, you are, you're intending for it to be an insult. But I think we should kind of shift the narrative on that because um, like I said before, all you can do is be selfish. All you can do is see through the eyes of yourself, this being that's here, that's all you can do. You can never see through anybody else's eyes. You can never feel through anybody else. So you can feel your way to happiness by being yourself and putting yourself first. And that's definitely against everything I heard growing up. Um, but I see how it's played out in people's lives. This, um, you know, I'll serve everybody first and I'll pick up the scraps. And as women, a hundred percent of the time, that's what we do. I did it for, you know, 20 years and, um, and I was okay with it. I was okay with it. I love serving. I love, you know, taking care of my family um, I, I adore it, but, um, I didn't love myself at the same time. I didn't truly embrace who I was, what made me unique, what made me special, what made me quirky and weird and, um, all these things. And, and it wasn't until my forties that I started to do that. And then I realized that, um, so many people put themselves last, uh, for their whole lives and they get to be in their seventies and they're miserable. They're miserable because um, they always put themselves last and therefore their needs were never met either. Because when you're putting yourself last, you're not gonna speak up for yourself. You're not gonna say, oh, oh wait, 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 I really need this, you know? Or, hey, it'd be nice if, uh, if I did this every now and then, you know? You, you, just, you just take it and um, it really makes for a miserable life. So I think, um, I think one of the true ways, like the first step to happiness is to unravel, to follow pirate. And the second step is as you're rebuilding yourself in this beautiful, strong image of who you truly are is to start putting yourself first because um, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you've been serving, 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 pouring, 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 girl, you're empty, you know, and Absolutely. one Sunday isn't going to fill you up, sweet pea. No. You got to you got to put yourself first. You got to say, no, nope. you've got to say, look, this is for me. Like if I'm not happy, how in the world would I ever have a chance of helping somebody else be happy? I never would. Nope. Absolutely. Oh, no, I feel like you're writing my story. Like, yes. I feel like, like, I feel like you're like, okay, unraveled, check. Putting <laughs> yourself first, check. I mean, and I do want to know that you know, if somebody is listening and they haven't been through the unraveling, the fact that we're sitting here saying putting yourself first, if you're used to putting yourself last, can sound like, wow, okay. Yeah, 
it can sound probably like crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and even at the beginning, I don't know if you felt like this, but at the beginning, I questioned, I'm like, is this right? Should I be doing this? Oh, Should I, is this sure. okay? Because sure. we still have those, that programming. Uh, you it's know, hard to it's, overcome. It, it was deeply in, in, and for me, it was even deeper because both of my parents are extremely religious. So um, they both were ministers and I went to a private school my whole life. So I not only had it like just from normal societal like standards, I also had it from another area coming to me that, you know, I was always going to be last because I'm supposed yeah. to put this first, this first, this first. And and then you are way down here at the bottom because you're broken and you're worthless and you're useless and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that was like a lot to overcome. And I think anybody that's grown up like that can relate to that. And it does sound so foreign to say, no, I'm going to I'm going to put myself first because it sounds like um, you're just uh, going to be this awful human being that doesn't care about anybody else. But that's not the case at all. Absolutely not. You're just choosing to put yourself first because this is your race. This is this is your journey. If you, like, how would you even enjoy it if you're not, you know, cultivating yourself and making sure that you're um, following your joy? Uh, uh, that's what I tell people all the time. Is it's simple. It's really simple. We're here to feel feelings. Sometimes we like to feel bad feelings. Sometimes we. <laughs> like to feel good feelings. Mostly we like to feel good feelings. So if we can make choices in our life where it feels good, and if it's, and even if it's just something silly, like, you know, I kind of want to take a walk right now. It's going to feel good. We'll do it. Your guidance system is guiding you to those good feelings. And as you keep going, the universe keeps reciprocating. It's the law of attraction. So you're going to keep getting back what you're seeking, what you're putting out. So if you can follow your joy and selfishly put yourself first, uh, you're going to be a okay. You're going to have some good times. You're going to be happy, and you're going to spread that joy to everybody else around you because it's impossible to be rude and disrespectful to somebody if your mind in your own business and you're happy in yourself. You won't be rude, and I think that's what people think. Oh, you're selfish. You're you're going to be rude to other people. No, I mean, I'm sure some people are like that, whatever, but it doesn't mean you have to be, you know? Uh, yeah. And well, and I was, my grandpa was a Southern Baptist preacher. So I'm yes. on that level too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, yep. you know, I struggle with a lot of that even in my unraveling. On, that was you know, the biggest part of my unraveling was, was. unraveling religion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to sit and get into all of that right no. now, which is a whole nother thing for a whole nother day. But I even like, you know, there was just so much, I say programming, which I'll yeah. probably get some emails about that, but that's fine. Programming with everything, even just everything. gender roles. And, everything. you know, and a lot of that I watched my mom and my mom was a martyr to us. Was that's a exactly. martyr to us children. She was. Yes, that's exactly the inspiration for my book was my mom. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I think she did it because she's seen her mom do it. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And I didn't realize until my own unraveling, I'm going to use a word now, yeah. unraveling, that I did the same thing with my older daughters. Like, they've seen me always, you know, at service and always being the martyr to the children and my husband. And, you know, it was it was a hard transition for me to you know, come out of that mindset because I did still want to be there for my kids. It's of not course. like I want to be so selfish. And I'm like, forget you, you're yeah. on your own. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, well, how do I balance that? How do I put myself first? But at the same time, 
be able to take care of my kids. And that was not an easy transition for me. It was a lot of work to figure out that balance, but and what what, I'm going to say real quick, uh, and I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just had a point that was based on what you just said, and I didn't want to forget it. So I'm so sorry. No, 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 Um, go for it. I wanted to say that um, the best thing you can do for your kids is put yourself first because um, when we constantly cater to our children and especially as they get older and they're teenagers um, and they're still looking to us for something, what we're doing a disservice to them because we're still showing them that the answers are outside of them and that I'm responsible for their happiness. So when, um, when setting boundaries and showing your kids that you're putting yourself first, uh, it might sting a little bit for them because maybe they're used to you, you know, catering to their every needs. But at the same time, you're really actually being the best mother you can be because as a to be the best mother, you have to point them to themselves. You have to show them that um, in spite of what you do, um, they can choose to be happy or they can choose to be sad. And it literally has nothing to do with you. So um, in, 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 that's the struggle we have as moms, though, is we're like, we feel that if we don't do this for our kids or we put our kids, you know, at, like I, I will get, I will help you as soon as I'm done doing what I'm doing. That is so crucial for them to understand that, that they're, that it's okay where you fall in line with me. I still love you. I'm still going to help you, but you know, you can't have everybody, you know, just jump when you say jump. And and these are valuable lessons for your kids to learn. And and the earlier they can learn them, the better. Obviously, when you have little tiny kids, you have no choice but to put them first. Oh, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. That was one of my favorite times in my life when my kids were tiny. I loved it. But they're not tiny anymore. And I can, I do have the ability to seek myself first and um and it's really healthy for them it really is it's not it's it's like the opposite of everything we think we think oh no i'm gonna damage them and everybody's gonna be mad at me and no 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 you're gonna do them a world of favor by by putting yourself first because then they'll then they'll choose themselves too as i should because i think a lot of you know mental health issues can kind of derive from the act of always putting other people first. Can, until, you, can you believe uh, that weight? Like, is, like I so said, much. that's my mom. Um, she's the main inspiration for me writing this book is she's 73 years old and um, never, ever put herself, not even close to second, not even close to third, let alone first. Um, she's never got a massage in her entire life. She never um, went to the salon. She doesn't go and do anything fun for herself. Um, she has um, like crooked teeth and um, she never once got braces for herself, even though, you know, my, my family was, uh, you know, very privileged. They could have easily afforded it. Um, it was just like she just had to put herself last. She just had to put herself last. And at 73 years old now, she is worn down. She looks it, she feels it, and it's not even happiness anymore. Like if I, when I go visit them, I hear her making uh, breakfast for my dad or coffee for my dad, and she's audibly like grunting because yeah. she's not happy with it. Like your service has not even become happiness. So what do you do then, you know, at that point when you've literally served for 50 years and, um, you know, it's almost like, it's a lost cause at that point. But I, I mean, what, how many people can relate to that? Especially 
that generation, 60s oh, and 70 year olds, come on, you, you guys put yourself like at the very bottom, like you would take care of your neighbor before you take care of yourself. And it's expected, I, especially in the religious world. 100%. That is exactly what is expected. Yeah. That is what is demanded of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's like, you know, you do it because you think you're doing the right thing. You, you think you're making the right choices and, and that's okay. We all thought things that we now know are not true. We all did. We all believed yeah. things that we now know to be different. So it's okay to pivot. It's okay to say, oh, wow. I just learned something new. I'm going to try something different with my life. And and that's part of life is is those pivoting moments and those moments of saying, whoa, I didn't know that. And yeah. and I think that's what's beautiful about it. And so even in your 70s, you could still choose to put yourself first and, and live out the remainder of your years in, in happiness, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, overall, we're not saying don't give to your neighbor, don't go volunteer, oh, don't, no. you know, I want to make sure I shout that out for the people go, well, you know. I'm yeah, no, I, I mean, no, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, definitely do all of that. Leave it off of social media that nobody gives a crap. Yeah. Just, just do it for yourself, you know. Well, and it's, again, taking that time to fill yourself to where when you choose to serve, Yes. You're not it's emptying meaningful. yourself. Yes. And it is meaningful. It's meaningful. And, it's not, and you're not grunting it's, while you're doing it. You're, you're not just grunting. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're actually enjoying it because you are so full that in giving, it doesn't feel like giving. And I yeah. think that's the point. Most of us are ne- maybe operated a quarter tank. So yeah. when we give and we go and we serve our community or we go and, you know, bring socks to the homeless or whatever your thing is, whatever it is you do. And I hope you all do things. I hope you do. I do. And, but I do it when I'm as a full person, because when you do it as an empty, uh, empty energy, empty happiness level, you're sort of doing it begrudgingly and you might as well not do it at all at that point, you know, fill yourself up, go with joy and, and change somebody's life, you know, give them the opportunity to feel what it feels like to, to experience love just because you're, presence is with them you know you can feel people's energy if somebody's got good energy because they give a crap about themselves you'll feel it you'll feel it and it'll feel good and you'll want it so i think that that's like top notch right there serve your community like show them what it feels like to feel good 98 percent of people aren't happy so you know they're going and doing you know whatever the task is the service is just to check a box Oh yeah, sometimes it's expected of them, depending yeah. on you know where they live or their culture or their church or whatever. It's expected that you show up and do this, and it's it's not done be a lot of times out of wanting to. It's it's done out of uh, a necessity, and I mean I can tell you I'm guilty of that before too. I've done that I in times in my life where it was like I felt like I had to do something, so. I'll go down because I have all this stuff. I'll go and, you know, serve my community for a minute. And, you know, and granted I was there, but I wasn't really there. You know, my heart wasn't there. So I think, you know, if you can, if you can cultivate this beautiful, beautiful happiness and love in yourself, you'll want to do things for other people. The, the selfish, um, the selfishness of being selfish 
won't even play a role. You're you're not going to turn away from somebody. You're not going to see somebody in need and say tough crap. You just won't because that's not what love is. That's not what happiness is. That's what emptiness is. And uh, you'll be neither of those. You know, you you will be you will be full and you will be happy when you're cultivating and caring for yourself. Absolutely, I, I love that. I love this conversation. And Me I feel too. Like I could talk for a whole other hour, but. We're, we're getting pretty high on the timeline. I here, know. So. Can you believe it? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I feel like I could just keep talking keep talking I about know, this. Because I think it's such an important topic. I really, really do. And I, do I think if more people would start to realize that, you know, I love that you're naming your book Selfish, first of all. that The you. definition of selfish is not exactly what they think it is. It's, it's self-love. It is. You know, being self-full, you know, it's all of those things. And that then in turn, as you're full, like you mentioned, you're so over it's flows, yes. That you can help but to reach out and serve others. And I think that's the defining, you know, point there is that if you are empty, if you're going and just checking a box, going and showing up because you have to, you're going yeah. to get more empty and more empty and more empty. Yes. And so there's really nothing left. And that sounds like what you're trying to solve in humanity right now. I'd love Angie. for people <laughs> to just take care of themselves a bit yeah. more. And I think that's what, you know, the, the whole, the whole book of unraveling is, is just, um, you know, people are so afraid of being honest with themselves because they're afraid of what they're going to find. They're afraid that, you know, they're they're not a good person or they're, a, you know, inside of them is a monster. And it's it's just not true. You're you're a beautiful masterpiece when you can pull apart the lies that you're carrying about you that other people told you. And and this or that is, you, you told know, yourself a lot of the times you tell yourself <laughs> sometimes when you're a kid, yeah. it's told to you and then you repeat it over and over mm -hmm. and over again in your mind. So you end up being the bad guy and not the person that originally said it. But. I think um, it's just so important right now to, to, um, to live your life like this because it's it's hard out there enough, um, and if you don't love yourself and you don't give yourself that time, how will you enjoy this? You won't. You won't. What's the point then? You know. And I, I just really want people to understand that it's okay um, if you're looking for permission permission granted. It's okay. Take care of yourself. And it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to live these dreams you might have in your 40s too, because I, I talk to a lot of people a lot and they have had this dream for 20 years of something they've always wanted to do. But now they say, oh, I couldn't possibly. I'm 40, whatever. Do it. Do it. There's Absolutely. no rules here. You make them up as you go along and, and do it like you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to express yourself how you want, to be happy, to be free, and and to be not empty. Because, like you said, you know, you know, when you meet an empty person, they're usually trying to suck off off of yours stuff too. But, um, you know, they're definitely empty, and you know it. And so, you know, be fill yourself up, fill it up, and change the world. That's 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 it. You know, because if you have a bunch of full people, man, that's some power right there. Absolutely. So your book unraveled, where can yes. people buy that? Um, it, it's on my website. If okay. you want to, if you want to get one, um, that's signed by myself and my daughter. Um, you can also see, I do, I was going to tell you this too, but you can look at it online. Um, I wrote a children's book also, oh. and, um, this was illustrated by my daughter too. It's, she um, it's about a little bee. And, um, he learns that nothing's more beautiful than being oh. himself. 
And um, so that's on my on my website too. It's called The Hero of Comb One, and um, and then I have the Unravel book on there also. But it's on Amazon, um, and Amazon has the Kindle versions too. So if you wanted to get it and not wait, or you don't really care about the the paperback kind of thing, it's uh, both of them are in Kindle versions too. And uh, my the my next book I'm fingers crossed will be out. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to get it out for, for people to give as Christmas presents. Can you imagine people opening up a book called selfish? How awesome great. would that be on Christmas? Right. <laughs> I'm sending you positive vibes. Yes, you'll be able to I receive them. I receive them. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. And if you're of tuning course. in live, we will be back again next week at 2 PM. And I'll make sure that when this episode posts, we'll have the links to buy Angie's book in the show notes and thanks again so much for being on it's i been- am so happy i've had a great time thank you so much yeah, thank you, thank you.